0: Hello, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever, whenever you're listening to Roll Up, the official Phil Singer Games podcast. I'm your co-host, Sam Fain, joined by Todd Jerschel, Mike Molesky, and our special guest this week, Kevin Butcher. Uh, Super excited. We've got a lot to talk about, so uh, we'll get the pleasantries out of the way very quickly here. Todd, how are you?
1: I'm doing good. I'm
0: doing good. Excellent. Fantastic. Mike, how are you? Spectacular. Awesome. (laughs) Kevin, how are you?
2: If I was any better, I couldn't stand myself. Beautiful. I love to hear it. I'm doing
0: great. (laughs) Uh, All right. So we're going to dive in. Well, let's start off, of course, with uh, news from FedHQ. We've got some teasers to talk about. Um, And we'll go ahead and kick things off with uh, our our old buddy, Adam Blast. Um, Love the new artwork. think it looks great. Uh, And uh, obviously, you know, 2093 big year for him as a character um I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh you know to getting getting this art in hand because i think uh i i do think it's if i may say this and it's not sacrilege i do think it's better than the original um and uh yeah i w- what are you guys' thoughts on this i'll start with you mike
3: um i love chuck carter but this was the chuck carter version of this card was probably one of his weaker entries into the, the Pantheon. Yeah. Um so, so to me I agree with you. I think this is uh, a much better rendition um that's sort of more in the league of the Snelly update. What was that four years later?
0: Four
4: totally.
3: later. In ninety seven, yeah. It fits really with the well with, with what Snelly did. Um, Sort of captures the character in a similar way, but obviously different way, but, but it's consistent with that. I always felt that the Chuck one didn't give that heroic, you know, successor to Sam look that the way this one does.
4: Yeah.
0: He looks like he's got a little gas. Mm hmm. Let's just be honest. the chalk version, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would say that's probably <laughs> probably fair.
3: I, um, you know, um, you never know. I mean, it could just be you know he caught something on Maffy two. You know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that, it's, it's, it's very uh, true.
0: I, I, you know, I will say this, I loved uh, the, the update. I loved getting, you know, the scene, the, the, the career of Adam Blast continue on, um, you know, becoming U S Patriot. Um, and, you know, I was, I, I was a fan. I, I really was. Uh, even if the artwork didn't inspire me uh, like some of the other artwork uh, uh, did in that particular set. But I do think that this artwork uh, is fantastic. Uh, Kevin, what are your thoughts on this?
2: I really like it. Um, like you guys said, you gotta love Chuck Carter, but his U.S. Patriot wasn't stellar. But I don't know who it was on the board. But once they posted it, they said you you can see the future. You or Adam Trader in his eyes. Look at the eyes. He looks he looks heroic, but those eyes you can see the cynicalness. That's interesting, a little
1: home homelanderish there, maybe yeah. yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah, that's not me. Somebody posted that on the board, and I one I went back and looked at it, and I'm like, man, you can see it
0: yeah, that's interesting that's uh that's a really good point, I mean a, you could certainly just say it's the the grit Determined, and determination right? yeah but yeah. uh but no i i you could absolutely make that connection, Todd, what are your thoughts on this updated art?
1: Well, you know, I like to see that he's hit the gym here. So that's always a good thing. <laughs> um and you uh, know, and I also like kind of some of the art uh, the set also has some of the motion in it, you know, with the yeah. uh, red and white stripes. So I thought that was a nice little touch kind of seeing some of that. I think we stole that on the uh, Alpha force uh one as well. Uh so I think that's it's a nice little touch uh
0: yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and looking back at the you know, the Adam Blast art from twenty eighty eight reimagined, uh, you know, I think that this uh, this art obviously um it, it feels like the same person. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't feel like we're we're getting uh, uh two completely different people here. Um it still feels like it's the same character, uh just a different different outfit. Uh and, and he does, he looks more heroic, um while also perhaps, you know, maybe in the eyes there, betraying his future. A bit uh, of betrayal, um so we also of course have another new name announced for twenty ninety three reimagined uh and this one is i'm sorry i i <laughs> I want to say something, but I also don't want to get slapped, so I'm not gonna say it. What I will say is it's vanity and uh and and vanity is vanity's thick in areas uh <laughs> <and> <laughs>
1: I'll Leave it at that Todd. what are your thoughts on vanity? <laughs> hey, they don't call it stud city for nothing you know? so, there you go. Uh, I do like the uh sweet and sour Larry Sweeney vibe uh, right going on with the the pink and the purple and uh you know the hairstyle and stuff a little bit reminiscent there too uh so I do like that that look there uh, but yeah no van vanity's great you know, I like to see a new ver- you know new version of him uh definitely uh definitely pretty cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I mean I all, all joking aside about one particular portion of the art, uh I think it's a great piece and uh I, I love the smirk on the face, you know, the 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 gear in general looks really good, the sunglasses, the hair, everything like you're saying. Uh and it does it does remind you a little bit of, of Larry Sweeney, which is cool. Mike, what are your thoughts on Vanity's updated art? I think it's a cod base. I uh, mean God, I hope so. <laughs>
3: or a cup. Maybe he's wearing a cup. He's heard there's been too many low posts in the GWF. I don't know. Um, but no, I mean, I, I'll tell you what the original art, it, I'll tell you, we talked about a miss of Chuck's the first time around. Yeah. This was a great piece of art in the original set. And I think, you know, which I, to be honest, it was one of the ones I was worried about, you know, when you, whenever we redo these, you know, in color, you're always like, wow, what are people going to say vis-a-vis this one versus the original? The nice thing about this is I think it really holds up well. Um, when compared to Chuck's original, um, I completely it, it agree. Catch, it, it's it's a different it's a different take, right? It's not as close up, so it it, it doesn't it's not trying to be the same shot. Um, and I think it, but it captures the the arrogance and swagger of vanity. Um, I think really well, so that's
0: I love it. Yeah, I, I agree How with it, everything you just said, even about the original art as well. Kevin, so the question Butcher, is, what does Butcher think? That exactly, That's the real
3: question.
2: Right. Pretty much what all you guys thought. It's a great piece of art. But uh, going through the art that we've seen so far, excluding Cannibal, but 2093 was a bodysuit year, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, Alpha Force, Vanity, U.S. Patriot. I want to know how these guys get these outfits on.
0: I want to know how they get them off in order to wrestle. There you go. You know, because the thing is, is it's like some of this gear is not practical for them to take to the ring, and not that that was ever necessarily a consideration.
3: It's actually got a (laughs) zipper in the back, Kevin. You can't see it. You know, so when they come out to the ring, they just take that off. You know,
2: like well, if you ever saw Spider-Man, which I'm sure all of you did, maybe all these uniforms were Start Tech.
1: There you go. (laughs) It's true.
2: It is in the future.
1: That's right. Nano but, but he
2: seems. And uh, have any of you ever seen a uh, Brock's dad or uh, his character Troy Boy? Yeah, yeah. That's the first thing I thought of when I saw this vanity.
1: Yeah, very Troy Boy. Like, yeah, definitely, definitely.
2: And Warner did the art for Troy Boy, didn't he?
1: Uh, yeah. The one card that yeah, we had at did, the Galacticon. Yeah. Did, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that that was one. I'm glad they came together. That was a. Uh, Last minute one, but I think I came out great there. But yeah, this I I completely agree. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm really looking forward to uh, this one. And, 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 you know, secretly, uh, I hope that we get more reimagined. I know that there's the possibility of, of of this being kind of the, the end of the road for the reimagined line. But I'd be fine with, you know, getting some more updated art uh, for, for other guys down the road uh, if it comes to fruition. Uh, but that said, I, I think that, um, yeah, so far, we've just gotten some really great pieces that continue Um you know, the past few reimagined sets in particular, I think we've gotten some real nice highlights. Um, you know, Tendron being one that I, I know was a big hit, uh, and I certainly loved him, but, uh, this one, this one's looking good. So I'm, I'm excited to see, uh, what the rest of the art looks like. Cause I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. So, uh, moving over to the uh, best of the women indies, 2022 side of things. Uh, we had the announcement of 2d Lynn. Um, and she is, a, a St. Louis native, um, where, um, uh, she is, uh, I should just read the blurb in front of me. Uh, a trained martial artist with a first-degree black belt. Uh, the skills she owned in the dojo have also served her well in the ring. Less than five years, pro Lynn has already shared the squared circle with such standouts as Mercedes Martinez, Serena Deeb, and Allison Kay. Two combination of strike-based offense and Lucha Libre style have led to her gaining quite the following. Um, she's, you know, she's a really, really uh, uh, solid wrestler. She's done some really cool things with her character over the past couple of years, which is great, um, and, and not, not long before... uh, uh, the pandemic, it might've actually even been during the pandemic. Now I can't remember. Uh, she had a pretty bad injury and, and, and didn't disclose it, didn't talk about it. She just kind of faded away for a minute rehabbed had a couple people tell her she'd never wrestle again um and and came back and i'm really glad to hear it um she's she's a good i mean she's a heck of a talent and and i know this is somebody that you know both zeke and i in particular really wanted to make sure was included in this set he signed her uh, mania weekend so um yeah super excited and the art's awesome i think the art is just fantastic on this one todd what are your thoughts on 2d lynn
1: uh I yeah, guess so to D. I was not overly familiar until, you know, uh, Zeke, but I know Zeke was a big proponent of her, did a little looking into her and yeah, I was definitely very impressed. Uh, I know it kinda the uh hair up uh, uh in the picture here is what i saw with a lot of the, her promo shots but apparently like it threw zeke off because he's used to always see her with her hair down so uh, <laughs> that, that was like the one thing that he was like wait that's too." i'm like oh no no okay i got it but uh no definitely a cool character you know she's got some great gear and stuff uh is the little blue dragon is her nickname there yes, so yep. it has the dragon tail on there and the little dragon wings on the on the Uh, tights and whatnot so yeah definitely definitely a very cool look that she's got and uh yeah very very glad to have her and i know she's doing a lot more uh a couple more national things right now so uh hopefully you'll see a lot more from 2d coming up
0: yeah uh, she also sometimes wrestles under a mask uh which is which is which is pretty cool as well uh um honestly i can't speak too much to if her style changes that much under the mask um because i've not seen her, uh, wrestle under the mask. Actually, I've only seen her, uh, maskless. So, um, but I know that that is a kind of a part of the character. So who knows, maybe down the road, maybe we can get some, uh, some alternate art, get a, get a masked 2d Lynn. There you go. Uh, butcher, what are your thoughts on 2d Lynn?
2: Great reference art. Warner nailed it. I mean, I don't know her, but I looked her up after and there was a lot of people I didn't know before and now they're doing some big things. So any name you can get for the game is a positive. Absolutely. Yep.
0: Absolutely, yeah, and and you know we're very fortunate, obviously, with this women's set to have all of these new names, um, some of whom we've been waiting for a while to you know to get in the game, uh, and that that next name up uh, is Miranda Alize. Um, what a great name! I mean, she's you know been around now for about eight years or so uh, uh, started off down um, in Houston um, was trained by Booker T uh, and has worked with people like uh, Kylie Ray and Nicole Savoy um, yeah, Hudson Envy Tessa Blanchard a number of, of women that we uh, that we have in the game already through our shimmer sets and, and, and other sets as well um, she's also worked uh, of course in WWE um, as a part of the Mayon classic 2017 um, she went out in the first round to Rhea Ripley, but um, I mean, I don't think there's any harm in being beaten by Ripley considering the trajectory of, of her career. Um she has also done the excursion to Japan, where she worked in stardom for a while. Um, I've seen her uh, in person at uh, at some Shimmer events uh, here in, in Chicago, um, and she's she's great. I, I think uh, you know she's done a, a wonderful job, and she's been all over the place. She's she's done Impact. She's you know did a match on Dark or a few matches on Dark. So um, I, I'm really excited to have her in the game. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's another great addition, and, and she's certainly I think for a lot of people will probably be one of the standout names of the set i'm not saying that, like she's a headliner or anything like that that's up to you to decide but i th- i certainly think she'll be probably one of the more recognizable names uh in the set uh, todd thoughts on miranda alizé
1: uh no I, I, miranda new great name there i know she's done a lot of things i know also uh part of the ring of honor women's division as well um so uh yeah definitely uh think getting a lot of uh, traction uh, throughout the Throughout the indies, uh, you know, when I was kind of getting some of the reference art uh, stuff together, I wanted to incorporate the hood, and yeah, I really like this pose. I think I think he kind of nailed it uh, as usual. So uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, overall very happy with it, and uh, you know, glad, to, excited to see uh, what people think of the card when it comes out.
0: Yeah, me too. I'm really looking forward to seeing what uh, what the stats look like. What tie. Uh, does with her uh butcher i i imagine this might not be somebody on your radar but uh what do you think of this art
2: well the card pops that red and black is spectacular right warner you know what i used to be really i shouldn't say in depth but more in touch with the indie scene but in the last few years i have just lost track of the indie scene uh, but, I mean that's
0: fair. It's uh, there's there's a lot, you know, there's a lot out there to to watch and 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 you know, even if you're just following like WWE, there's a lot of content that they alone put out, much less, you know, all of the indies that are out there and everything you can find on iwtv or elsewhere. So, uh and that's not even to mention obviously like AEW or any of the international promotions in Japan or Mexico uh, uh, or across the pond. So, I mean, it's it's hard to keep track of everything, no doubt.
2: Yep. Yeah, but that art that card pops. I would use the card just for the art.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think it's yeah. I think it's fantastic too, Mike. What are your thoughts on Miranda?
3: Well, I think that you know both. I think you guys hit the nail on the head. Both artwork for her and Tootie is just it's really good art by uh, by Warner here. And you know, like Kevin, I've kind of lost track of some of this, but you know, I think um, we always seem to find. Some great names here that I may not have heard of at the time we published the card, but you know, you you watch WWE, you watch AEW. I mean, heck, half the time with AEW, the main event is all people who we have indie cards for, right? So it's it's neat how some you know we we really you know, and this all when Todd started the whole Legends of the Future idea years and years ago, the, the idea was to to get these people before. They were big names and, you know, to see where they where their careers take them. And, and you know, both these women have already wrestled with some greats. So I think that there's obviously um, there. I, mean, I don't want to say they're not accomplished yet, but I think they may their accomplishments may become more well known in the future. So I think that's the cool part about these cards.
0: Yes. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, the the interesting thing is that um, with uh, you just look at, at the last you know couple of years alone uh, of Indies releases, and you know, I think that 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 original vision has has remained true because there are so many of these names that have gone on to uh, you know do bigger things, um, and you know, kind of graduated out of the Indies in some cases. And I, I think you know, one of the things about the women's releases is that you know you you often find that they're a little bit more of a, a mix- Bag, uh, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but you do get names that might have had that national exposure before, might have had you know uh, a a kind of a a long career, and and are considered veterans and. And I think part of that just speaks to the exposure of women's wrestling in general, regardless of how, you know, great of a division that WWE is building or, you know, some of the talent that AEW has or, or whatnot. There's still so many women that have been working out there for years and years and years and years and have not necessarily gotten the opportunity to have a lengthy run or any run at all. But that's in no way a reflection of their talent and what they bring to the table. And I think fortunately for us, we've gotten to use a lot of those women. I mean, even in like the last women's set, somebody like Jetta, you know, Jetta's been wrestling since she was like 15 years old. And, you know, over the past 20 years has built this stellar career, but it's really only within the past like five years or so that she's started to become, you know, uh, I think this really big name over in the UK. And, you know, that's why she's pro wrestling champion now. But I, I think that, um, you know, this set, it's interesting because, it, again, you kind of get a, a bit of a combination without tipping the hand too much that there's, you know, there's some names that, that have been signed for for a while now, like Ty signed, you know, I think there's one name that's going to be in the set that Ty signed like quite a while ago. And then there are some names that literally, you know, there might be one name that got signed like last week. So it's, uh, <laughs> it you know, I mean, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, so it's kind of cool, you know, the way that that works out and, and just the, 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 way that the talent in general, um, kind of comes to us and, and when they, they come to us or when we snag them anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not all of course from FedHQ there's also some potential exciting news here it was written on the format uh, by the tournament master himself and I'm just going to read it as it was written on the format so that we can discuss it here it says news from FedHQ Fall
1: Legends release why maybe so you know for <laughs> uh, for this uh, full release cycle we did mention uh, at Collecticon we got War Games 2093 uh, which we've you know announced you know showed half about half the art there uh, the Women of the Indies set but uh, you know nothing on the Legends side. However, it does look like we will be having a a Legends card that will be available uh, this fall as well. So uh, you go know, single special edition card. Uh, there is a reason behind it, and uh, all will become very clear on pre order night, uh, which is uh, going to be September sixteenth. So we will announce uh, that name then and uh, find out more about the card and, and the circumstances around that. So it's all exciting thing stuff. Well, let's Butcher, Mike, what do you The wants to add. <laughs> what
2: do I, you, you know what I think. Who is it? <laughs>
3: uh, for, for a $500 donation to the TNT Hall.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Get Eat that it. started early. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, watch your PayPal, Mike. It might be coming
4: through. <laughs> uh,
0: that's awesome news. I, I'm really excited about that. To be completely frank, I don't know the name. Um, you know, hopefully I'll be able to cajole it out of someone after we stop recording. But uh, I don't even know who it is right now. Uh, or if I was told, I've forgotten because my life is crazy. But uh, that's super exciting news. Um, you know, obviously the, the December set is going to be super cool. Um, you know, we already know Pat Patterson yeah. coming to. Us and uh some other great names are going to be in that set as well so um awesome and we've got the promoter prime names to look forward to as well we we've had no prime announcements as of yet obviously um but those yeah. will be coming probably after pre-order
1: yeah after pre-order yeah. we'll we'll announce uh so the other uh prime stuff so you know the, all the legends names um you know, what's coming on we do know ftr is going to be a uh, part of uh the champions of the galaxy and then uh on the indie side we did mention there is uh one male wrestler at least as part of that there
0: now speaking of which i i i i you know in the in the game of telephone that is life and 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 business and etc uh it, it, are we going to do four for indie prime this time around or is it just, it just, is be just three three names three names
1: just just yeah just three names for Indie prime Okay. I think we had another name that was kind of bounced around that I think was going to wind up one way, shape, or form into Q4 uh, Indies Prime. Nice. Um, so, yeah, more, more to come on that in the future. But uh, yeah, so a little, little shuffling around, you know, as we were kind of going through different names. But, uh, you know, there's, there's reasons why, you know, that'll all become pretty clear uh, once we do some of the announcements
0: awesome uh anything I'd else being s- mysterious tonight uh, i mean <laughs> like, <laughs> it will, will
3: be really clear
1: well, should, should, should i should i even save a little hint there about the the male indies prime name i won't give i won't give too much but i will I, say it, it,
3: I, it I, since it, you were so mysterious on the on the the legends thing i think you can give the people a little bit
1: okay <laughs> I'll give a little bit there i will say you know since we just released the uh, impact pro wrestling set uh, this past, uh, you know, in, in, in July, which, you know, technically is part of Q3, uh, we thought it would be nice to follow up with a uh, wrestler that has, uh, you know, definitely a lot of experience within Impact Pro Wrestling and will fit very, very nicely into your Impact Pro Fed. So, um, you know, Pariah, look out. You got a new entry coming into your Fed.
0: It's a great name. It really is. <laughs> um, Nice. Well, that uh, I, I think that kind of... Takes us to the end of of any of the news and notes from Fed HQ. Uh, and it last does. T- tournament master, is there anything else that uh, that you were going to? Mike, uh, or-
1: no, I don't. I don't think so right now. I think as far as the releases, that's so Kevin apparently, has something. Apparently,
0: as I say, Butcher has something for Fed I, I, something. I, I don't know what so it it. No. something Oaks
2: I'm missing. <laughs> I just want to know what Mike's doing. Is there another CWF set coming soon? Ooh. Mm-hmm.
1: W- mm. We gotta save some stuff for the upcoming. You but
0: you're trying to break and news. And, here. man, I, yeah, I know, you right? This is great. <laughs> <laughs> He's taking my job. Like I, I don't have to do anything. I just uh-huh.
2: it's it's been really quiet on that front. So I was, and Mike ain't one to be quiet. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> you know, I, I'm
3: I'm I'm building mystery, Kevin. Um,
4: I will say that
3: there will probably be an announcement. What do you think, Todd? Should we make it at the uh, October? I think yeah. we should make the is October that, is that a time? We'll make an announcement on 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 Future Shock uh, in October, but yeah. it it is continuing. It's not like we're going to announce it's not continuing. It's it, it is continuing. So. Yes, yes,
0: that's fair. Speaking of the virtual con in October, uh, Todd, uh, any details that you would like to share with the uh, the wonderful people listening to this podcast?
1: Uh, I'm still finalizing the date, but it looks like it will be in the second half of October. Uh, I want to make sure everybody's good with all the dates there, but I do believe it will be uh, the weekend of the 22nd or the 23rd. I'm just trying to figure out exactly which which of those days works out best for all of our... Uh, people that we want attending so that that seems to be the weekend that that uh is working best so far so more to come on that soon but we'll definitely by the end of uh by the end of september you know hopefully maybe like a week after uh uh pre-order day we can uh have that have that actual date uh announced for everybody
0: fantastic um I'm looking forward to it. Uh, You know, I, I I think that's really all I can add to that right now, but I mean, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to the news. I'm looking forward to hearing more about what's in the future for future shock. Uh, Thank you for asking that question, Kevin. Uh, But uh, look, we, we would not be good hosts of a wrestling related podcast. If we didn't at least talk about some of the things that happened this past weekend, because if you're listening to this, you're probably aware some Poop went down and yeah, kept it PG. Uh, and, uh, and, and we certainly want to talk a little bit about that. We're, we're not going to talk too much about it. Cause I don't know exactly how much it deserves, but, uh, that said, in addition to, uh, the poop, there was also, uh, just a heck of a lot of wrestling in general, uh, um, you know, WWE put on like, you know, three shows, uh, over the course of like three or four days, uh, uh GCW had shows, uh, and of course, AEW did dynamite rampage and, uh, all out right here in Chicago. Uh, no, I did not attend. Um, it's just not in the uh, cards. I know it's just not in the cards for me right now, unfortunately. Um, <clears throat> but let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the WWE side of things because one of the things that that kind of came out of this week, um, and, and I certainly want to get to the positives, but I, but but I feel like I want to address one thing is that we we kind of saw the you know the destruction of NXT UK um and uh, i i get it you know they, they they've been doing whatever they can to cut costs and that includes cutting talent uh NXT UK I didn't have that many wrestlers actively signed to contracts most of them were on appearance basis over there for the past few months anyway so it looked like things were kind of you know on the downward slide for them uh i think that there's a lot to be made of the discussion that WWE kind of went in and wrecked the UK indie scene when they did NXT UK and now there's a question of like, what do we do next? Uh, I think that there's plenty of talent over there that, you know, that to support a, a strong, thriving ecosystem. But it is interesting to just kind of think about the fact that, you know, over the course of like four years, WWE basically went in, you know, took whatever they wanted and, and, and left this big vacuum for a while. And, and now all of a sudden they're saying, ah, that thing we were going to do, we decided not to do it after all. Um, and so the NXT world collide, worlds collide show, you know, was not that UK talent didn't go over, uh, the tag team titles went to the, the UK talent, if you will, but the brand itself is basically gone now. Um, so I'm curious, uh, as, as and and one of the reasons why I think that this is kind of sad is because some of the best wrestling that WWE was putting out in a time when they weren't putting out a lot of great wrestling, quite frankly, unless it was an NXT Takeover show, was absolutely on the NXT UK shows. Um, just some incredible talent, some incredible wrestling. Uh, so yeah, Mike, what do you what do you think about this?
3: Well, I I think I saw an announcement that they're coming out with an NXT Europe yeah. at some point. Now and the part I didn't get, and maybe it's just me not getting this, but if you were gonna have an NXT Europe, why not just have NXT UK evolve into that? Right, right. Like, why not just have those titles? I mean, it's not like Vince, like WWE's never changed a title name before,
4: right? right?
3: Right. And so, why not just have those champions? stick around okay don't run shows for the next three months or whatever it's going to be and just have this be the new you know nxt european and you could turn it into a positive right we're we're getting bigger it's not that we're getting rid of something we're getting we're making it bigger right it's too big for you know you could run some promo like it's too big for the uk just the uk we've got to go and take it over to the the continent and it would have been fine i think and i think everybody would have nobody would have questioned It is a cost savings move or anything else. Because if you're going into Europe anyway,
1: why not? That's the part I didn't get. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they're not going to be running shows in the UK as part of that too, right? <laughs> right,
0: right. Well, and it's fascinating to me too, because they clearly have these relationships with companies like ICW, Progress, WXW, you know, they're putting all this content on uh, Peacock already. And yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense. And I feel like it could have just been utilized in a very different way anyway. You know, why, why not have the NXT UK champion appearing regularly on some of these other shows, especially if you're going to do the Europe thing, like you said, it would have been the perfect, you know know lead in in to have the nxt uk champ appear at wxw you know maybe even put them in their 16 carat tournament or something like that and 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 have you know have them do well have them maybe even win and and yeah exactly like you're saying mike it's like we're too big for the island we got to go to the mainland like let's bring back the european title and and you know see what happens but uh, yeah it, it is it is strange um but I think that there's a lot of strange in the wrestling world right now. So uh, at least it's at least it's on theme. Um, of course, we we also had the clash at the castle, which took took place in the UK. Uh, I didn't see the whole show. Um, it was fine. I don't know that other than Seamus and Gunther that there was anything too remarkable about the show. Um, I, you know, I thought that uh, one of the things that was. Odd to me, oh, quite frankly, were the finishes of some of the matches, including the main event. Um, somebody posed a question. I saw this and I couldn't help agree with it. It's like, imagine if Bret Hart would have gone over at SummerSlam when they were in Wembley. And that's kind of like that was the vibe in the stadium, in the castle, in the stadium, whatever you want to call it. Uh, when Roman beat Drew. And I and it's kind of like, yeah, you promote this big show. You've got someone who's like actually the only like credible, I think, superstar kind of guy that has already beaten Brock Lesnar, mind you, like if you were going to do all this, why not pull that trigger? Like, isn't drew your guy? And if drew's not your guy, then who is your guy? And, and you know, what are we doing here? Right. Um, and as glowing as everything has been about WWE recently, I genuinely feel that over the past couple of weeks, we've started to see some of those old cracks come back, that there are certain things that they are doing really, really well. And then all of a sudden there's these other things. And I think that the one thing I took away from Clash at the Castle is it felt like a Vince-era show. And I thought that we were not in that realm But Sam,
3: I think from the beginning we talked about this. It's not like Triple H was going to throw, you know, first day on the job, curl everything up in a ball and throw out all Vince's stuff. There's a lot lot of stuff that's been set in motion. And, And whenever I talk about pro wrestling, I say you have to view it six months or a year from now and say before you really evaluate it from a storyline standpoint, right? So it, maybe they turn this into something, right? Like that, that with Drew, I I agree though, I would have preferred to have seen like a tag team match for the main event where Drew could have gone over, right? right? Like if you didn't want to put the belt on him now for whatever reason, and there may be a very good reason not to do it right now. Why not let him go over in the main event in a tag team match or something? right you know, and then you could say he, hey, he and you know the champ have this thing going forward right but but it's you know he didn't pin he pinned one of the Usos or he pinned um right somebody right, you know like yeah. but, but you got that there still,
0: right right yeah it, 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 it yeah it's a it is a curious decision and i and I almost feel the same way about the Matt riddle and Seth Rollins match, you know i I feel like riddle. Riddle losing that match, and I know there are a lot of people that would be like, "Well, Seth has been on a big losing streak lately," and it's like, "Yeah, but what would have hurt him to really lost the match to Riddle?" Especially when I feel like Matt Riddle, like he needed that win more than Seth did, quite frankly. Yeah, Todd, what do you think?
1: Um, uh, I don't know. I think Seth may probably needed the win too. I, I don't know. Like I, I, I think yeah, he he lost you know all those matches to Cody. He, he needed to some something to kind of come back uh, with there. And and you know, I I, I did not watch the show uh, Saturday afternoon was not a time i was able to to get away and unfortunately with everything else this weekend uh it was tough for me to make it back uh to watch i did watch a show on sunday which you know should come as no surprise but uh <laughs> so so i don't know exactly how it all ended there you know but you know i, I have to think that there's probably still something continuing those two. oh for sure and riddle will you know i'm sure Riddle will get his, his his due but i think seth probably needed to get the upper hand here so that riddle can kind of come back is, is my thinking so that one i was okay with you know as far as the whole thing with drew there i mean unless you were splitting apart the titles because i know there's the upcoming draft and stuff like that if you did something where it's like okay you know the just the wwe portion is up here and you know which that did not look like they're gonna do so you knew kind of going in i mean they're not gonna take it off of roman yet so it was kind of a damned if you do damned if you don't kind of thing with that and and I kind of agree with Mike that yeah it would have been nice to see him go over in some way, shape, or form, but yeah, it's kinda of tough when you have some of these you know singles matches and you know it, and it doesn't really seem like you can kind of really please everybody and kind of You know, book towards what you're trying to accomplish with maybe the upcoming draft with, you know, the big, huge WrestleMania coming on, you know, next year in in L.A., which I'm sure is going to be a big thing for Roman. then, you know, it's a lot of things still to kind of juggle that. Yeah, it's tough to do everything right now.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. Butcher, what do you think about uh, some of the the goings on in WWE? The dice don't
2: lie. (laughs) <laughs> uh, how do you book when the dice don't cooperate? Because when I was just thinking about this, Aethra and Overmaster going for Monolith's title on Aethra. You know, you roll the match. Monolith wins. It's how you book it after.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: No. I mean, that's 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 a great point. It really is. I I, I think that the the thing is is like. When you're when when you have this opportunity, especially, I feel bad for Drew in general because when Drew had his big moment, it was to an empty arena. Yeah, you know, and that yeah. should have been in the middle of ninety thousand people worked, not shoot, but 90,000 people, uh, uh, you know, screaming and cheering for him as he put down, you know, Brock Lesnar. Um, so there's a part of me, I think that just still wants him to get some sort of moment like that. And the moment that he would have gotten there would have been even better, I think, than the, you know imagined a moment that could have been when he beat lesnar, so I, I I guess that that's kind of where I come from on that, but you're absolutely right, you know what what happens next is everything and and I think that you know. The way that we are today, you know, culturally and, and, and as, as a society is that oftentimes it's the same thing with television shows nowadays, especially because of streaming and being able to binge watch everything. You, you, you want that instant gratification. And not only do you want that and expect that, but when you don't get it, then you judge as opposed to waiting to see what might come next. Um, and, and, and I think that, uh, that leads us perfectly into. The three ring circus that is currently AEW. Now, I'm going to say this just to get it out of the way. Nobody knows what's going on right now. That needs to be understood. Nobody knows what's going on right now. Anybody that says they do is lying. Not even Dave (laughs) Jones. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't even say Tony Khan knows what's going on right now. Completely. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about All Out. Uh, The show was probably one of the weaker AEW pay per views. Um, the, the, it did not have the same flow. It did not have the same, you know, we've seen shows before and I know they've gotten criticized, uh, for this fact, but I always love them. We've seen shows before that have been like just banger after banger after banger, just awesome matches, great stuff, good payoffs, surprises, the whole nine yards. This felt more kind of like your traditional show, you know, your traditional pay-per-view show, almost like an old school mania in the, in, in the fact that you had a couple matches that were like sub five minutes, you know, um, yeah.
1: That was a surprise. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Now, the big matches, the trios match was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, I don't know if it was better than Sheamus and Gunther, but it it was very different than Sheamus and Gunther, obviously. So, you know, whatever. Uh, The main event was great. I thought that Punk and Moxley had a great match.
1: Um, Uh, The the tag tag title match was pretty good, too. I'd say the the acclaimed and the... Swervingly, times. I mean, at least I'm glad you brought
0: that up, actually, because that's another another storyline that's that is very similar to what we were talking about earlier with Clash of the Castle and and what Kevin brought up is the idea that like the acclaimed were so over.
1: Yeah, like going in, I'm like, well, there's no way the acclaimed are going to win, and as I'm watching, I'm like, oh man, they should just make the change right now and give it to the acclaimed,
0: (laughs) right? And that's the question, and I don't know that I have an answer, but I'm glad you brought it up, like. What do you think? There's a lot of a lot of the armchair quarterbacks out there saying that he should have called an audible and they should have, you know, they should have changed the finish on the fly and and put the acclaimed over. What do you think, Todd?
1: Well, I mean, there's there's something to be said for that. There's also something to be said for uh, they're going to be having a tremendous show in about two weeks in their hometown. That's right. (laughs) So there you go.
3: (laughs) You were talking about putting it, you know, giving them the hometown moment. Right. I mean, we just got through that. Right. 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 Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, and A- so AEW A- 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 gives people the hometown thing, they don't make them kiss uh Vincent Grant's butt, uh, e- yeah. evidently, they <laughs> play, like, the
3: hometown advantage rule, like that, evidently, which you can find in the uh legend, the uh ringside companion. That's right, um, that's but right. well, done, uh, sir. well, done. I, I don't do that as well as Dalton does, I'm sorry. Um, but uh, but no, I mean, in all seriousness, I think to Todd's point, we've got an event that, that that might be the perfect opportunity if you were plotting it out, right? and i i think that um you know i love what they've been doing i love how they've turned them you know how it's it's sort of it's all worked with with the acclaimed i think it's it's you know they they went from you know heels who i hated to like faces who now you you you, you kind of like it they they even gave them billy gunn for crying out loud so right mean, like right. like it's like it's all working um and I think that, you know, Swerve Our Glory has been good as tag team champions. Absolutely. I don't think bad. No, um, not at all. You know, and I think, but I think that one of the other things is I, Tony Khan is the, he like has leaned into the work shoot, you know, more than any promoter maybe ever. Right? I mean.
0: Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> and we'll get to that. But what I'm saying is even
3: here, even in this match, like in the post, you know, uh, event scrum, you know, supposedly, like, um, you know, Swerve is, like, getting mad at the media for even bringing up a rematch.
4: Right. right. And right.
3: so, like, does he really feel that way? Or is that at work?
0: Right. Hmm.
3: Right. You know, like, so th- he's always throwing in, and I don't think it's coincidence, right? That Yeah. Like, and we're going to talk about some other stuff later. I mean there's you know, the actual melee, supposedly. Right. Yeah. But there's also the whole MJF thing. Yeah that we haven't talked about yet. But you know, that was that a work or
0: was it a shoot? Right. So, not to give short shrift to the other matches on the card, because there was some other good stuff. Uh, 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 Chris Jericho and Brian Danielson, um, and uh, of course, uh, yes, yes, Hook, which saw the debut of Action Bronson afterwards taking him out. Uh, Eddie Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii ha- had a great match, naturally, of course. Uh, how could they not? Uh, Tony Storm became the interim uh, women's world champion. Um, the Christian Cage and Jungle Boy Jack Perry feud clearly is going to continue, and we had the, you know, the. A Another turn from Luchasaurus, uh, which uh, I think, to be completely honest with you, it was, it, it was unexpected for me. And the reason why I say it was unexpected for me is because they turned him, right? And then they turned him back and he came out and he had like Jungle Boy's back and everything. And it was a really cool moment. And so I kind of almost forgot about the fact that like they tried to play him off as a heel for a minute. But when you think about it, it's beautiful, right? Because Christian Cage is, you know, he's he's working everyone, right? He's outworking everyone. He's, you know, he he's doing it before anyone else does it. So it makes a lot of sense. You know, it's like Luchasaurus is on his side from day one. And it's like, hey, this is what we're going to do to him. I'm going to need you to to help him out again. And then we'll really stick it to him, you know, with the pay-per-view or whatever. And so it, 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 it's great. I feel a little cheated almost, though, because I kind of thought we were going to get a fight between these two but at the same time i'm i'm okay with it because like what you said earlier what's next um but anyway, Either
1: that or Luchasaurus is hanging out with Paul White too much, you know, backstage. I don't
0: know. <laughs> uh, so the other the other things uh, that are that are of note here, uh, I, I think, is that in the trios match, uh, Hangman Adam Page uh, accidentally clocked John Silver um, with a lariat, and uh, you know that wasn't the reason necessarily that the Elite ended up winning the the trios titles, but uh, certainly a, a contributing factor. Uh, the Casino uh, Ladder match was interesting to say the least. There were some big high spots, obviously, everything you'd expect from that. Uh, But the end involved Stokely Hathaway's squad, you know, Ethan Page, Lee Moriarty, uh, the guns and and W. Morrissey coming out and securing the, the poker chip for a masked man who then came out and got the poker chip, who... Unless you're under a rock, everyone knew it was MJF. Uh, they even used Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones as, as entrance music. Um, so that played in, of course, to the final image of the pay per view, which is as CM Punk wins the title. Uh, we get this little video package that involves a voicemail left by Tony Khan uh, giving an ultimatum to someone who we still don't know, but of course we do know that it's MJF. Uh, and then we get MJF coming out. <laughs> to pretty big pop. Yep. Uh, and uh people were 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 excited to see him. Uh he motioned to the belt, and and that was pretty much that.
1: Um yeah. Interesting to see when that match happens. Like is obviously they're going to New York soon. Uh although he claims his his home city is, is the Long Island arena, not Queens, because that's not Long Island, even though it's on Long Island. But, uh, or do they really hold this out to like full gear?
0: I don't yeah, know. That's a great question, Todd. And I think the only way to really start to answer that question is to talk about what happened after the pay-per-view, which was <laughs> yeah. of the media. Or scrum. do we
1: even have a match?
0: <laughs> so the media scrum was interesting. And, uh, again, preface everything that says nobody knows what's going on. Uh, As Mike said earlier, Tony Khan has embraced the work shoot. MJF is a perfect example of that, right? Um, Punk sits down eating some delicious Mindy's muffins, by the way, which he's right, Mindy's is top notch. Oh, they make a hot chocolate that will just knock your socks off. Anyway, uh, so he proceeds to... Answer a question that wasn't asked about Colt Cabana and just lays into him, you know, and, and a lot of it is stuff that people kind of already knew. But he does he does throw some new nuggets out there, including the fact that apparently Colt shares a bank account with his mom, which, you know, whatever. Uh, and then he proceeds to lay into the executive vice presidents and hangman Adam Page Uh I mean, pretty viscerally, if you haven't seen it or seen highlights or something, you should check it out because it's I mean, I've never seen anything like it, to be completely honest with you. Um, and then when he's, you know, when he's done, uh, he he takes off and, you know, Tony Khan is is left to kind of figure out what's next which was swerving their glory and then uh, uh, Chris Jericho came out at one point and then Tony Storm came out at one point while Jericho was leaving he leaned over uh, to Tony Khan and said hey some stuff just went down Only he didn't say stuff uh, and and we should talk later Uh, the stuff that he was referring to is allegedly and I don't care what anybody says it's still alleged uh, the Bucks and Kenny Omega came to Punk's dressing room, uh, kicked in the door apparently because Punk wasn't answering the door. Uh, Punk apparently knocked out Matt Jackson uh, with some punches, and then a steel uh, threw a chair at Nick Jackson, uh, which ended up hurting his eye, uh, he's got a black eye or whatever, uh, Ace Steele apparently pulled Kenny Omega's hair and bit him, which now I feel like I'm describing a fight at a toddler's playground or something, uh, and eventually they were separated by security, and here's where it gets murky, because every single outlet that reported on it reported that police had to break up the fight. Luckily, one of the outlets that even reported that, however, did their due diligence and contacted the Hoffman Estates Police Department because it's not Chicago PD because the now arena is not. I mean, it's like a half hour drive from Chicago. Uh, Anyway, Hoffman Estates responded to no call whatsoever. Their police were not involved in any altercation whatsoever. So. We're left with all all the state police. Yeah, I I don't know. Who knows? The, but well, Hoffman Estates PD was well. They oh, see Hoffman Estates owns the arena, though it's actually owned by the city. So their their police is, you know was there on the site anyway. Anyway, all this is to say is that I think making any judgments about what happened, uh, especially because we don't know the whole story, is is nuts. And to have seen the amount of judgments that are being made right now, I, I just it's. I, I I wish that people paid more attention to the things that they said and were said on social media and the like, because I, I mean, you're just making yourself look like a fool. Um, all of that said, I've talked enough. Mike, I'll go to you first. What, what do you think about all this?
3: Well, first off, um, who, when was the original pipe bomb promo? And it, do you remember roughly July of twenty eleven?
1: Eleven,
3: yeah. right? Okay, so eleven years ago, there's this guy who you know, tap tap is what happened to the microphone June, right sorry. after I got done, right? Whatever it was, June, July, whatever it was, right? Um, and he said all these horrible things about his boss and some people who work for the company and got cut off and then there was this all was real and it was so it's not like punk doesn't have a history of doing this right yeah and the whole colt cabana thing everybody knows about so for him to go off on colt cabana that's like i mean it really it's it's that's not that's non-news right so but it establishes credibility right that he's going off the rails he's just shooting now right right so and then he talks about the bucks and "And if anybody's got a problem with that they can come see me yep yeah like it just seems a little too coincidental that the bucks and kenny omega would be all worked up listening to that live and go kick down his door right which is
0: ludicrous anyways to think about you know the the buck's kicking somebody's door in. Like, it's just, it's, yeah. Well,
3: first off, it's pretty simple. If you're the EVPs, there's other ways you handle that. Right, exactly, exactly. And they've been accused of handling it. Right. That way. Right. Right? So, to me, I, I think, look, it's it, it makes for great reporting. It's got everybody buzzing about it. Everybody's talking about it. I think it's work. That's just my... Like yeah,
1: Todd. Yeah, I gotta kind of agree with that. I mean, ever since you know, you, again, you started with the whole mgf thing. Always oh, this a worker, whatnot. And it was kind of all set up as like, okay, yeah, things are going out. Like yeah, they, they're, they're going to give him a live mic and all that, and you know, in front of in, in LA, however many months ago. Okay, fine. But unlike uh, like a couple of years ago, after the you know the you know. It was a punk winning the title and leaving and whatnot it didn't come back two weeks later it came back two months later kind of build it up make it for the next big event and kind of lead into the fall which is where i kind of thought it was going to go all along which is the case but at the same time i think you know they see that all right there's a new style of kayfabe these days and you know it, and it's working the work in the dirt sheets a little bit you know, trying to get that buzz there Why not play into that? You know, get get your buzz that way. I mean, people want to still kind of believe what's going on is is real and so we're having you know not sure what's real and what's not. And I think playing into that, what's wrong with that, you know? Especially with this crowd, you know, the crowd that they're they're going for.
0: Right, right.
1: Well, and that's the thing
0: that's fascinating to me is because there's so many people that are you know that are just being, I mean the the certitude with which they are approaching the situation fascinates me because there's no way that anybody knows exactly what's going on, except for the people that were in that room. Right. And so anything else that we're hearing right now is just purely hearsay. And they're making these, these ironclad, like judgments on these human beings uh, who are performers, you know, uh, uh, and it's just, it's, it's mind boggling to me. Um, yeah, I, you know, look, I, I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, uh, I'm not going to say whether or not I think it's a work or a shoot, but uh, I, I don't know. I'm I interested to hear what you have to say, uh, Butcher. What do you have to say about all
2: this? I really don't have an opinion on it. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know. I just don't. In all my, my honesty, I don't think CM Punk's a good person, but that's just me. I saw him at a local house show, and somebody – because a buddy of mine, his brother wrestled, a local Carlton Caz, small-time wrestler. And one of the other wrestlers, they called him out, called him Phil Brooks. You know, and he went ballistic. And when he's in the ring telling the fans he loves it, he's doing it for them, I'm calling bullshit. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, you don't want to be called out by your real name if you're – but his reaction to it was – less than stellar. He made a complete ass out of himself just because somebody called him by his real name.
1: You the first person I've heard say that uh, before.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, uh, look, all, all I'll say is judging as performers, right? Um, if it's a work, yeah, of course these guys would do this. Are you kidding me? Every single person involved with this would absolutely do something like this. Like, there is not a doubt in my mind that Punk and and Matt and Nick Jackson and Kenny Omega and Tony Khan, absolutely, and and you know what? They would take it far enough, and this would alienate people without a doubt, that there wouldn't be anybody else that would know about it. You know what I mean? Like, you might tell a select few people, like a Jericho or, or, you know, somebody like, bring somebody like that in. But... I mean, I guarantee you the rest of the roster wouldn't know, you know? Um, I mean, I, I, I could imagine Paige maybe being in on it, depending on whether or not, because it's funny, because at one point I had heard something about how, uh, you know, apparently, like, Punk and, like, Colt was was actually more uncomfortable with Punk coming in than Punk was that Colt was there when he came in. Um, and, and so whatever judgments you want to make on that particular Aspect of it, you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 think that this is definitely something that they would, they would do. Um, I, I, again, going back to the whole, you know, love affair, rightfully so with Bret Hart, uh, there are aspects of this that, that, that kind of mirror the, the locker room fight that Brett and Sean had, um, uh, the you know the uh, the idea that they would use something like this to create kind of all this chaos and all this interest you know everybody I, I mean anybody that's heard about this is is going to be watching or DVRing Dynamite tomorrow to see what happens you know yep. so I Just to mean to see if one of the bucks has a black eye yeah, right exactly right. yeah right 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 or if they're even on the show are they even going to be yeah, they're, they're, they're the not going to be you know right. But,
3: But Sam, I mean, the thing is, and I don't know, I, 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 do I know it's a work? No. I mean, it may be a work shoot, right? Where there's some legit stuff here. There's bad blood. And, you know, I mean, everybody plays with that. Sometimes it works. Some great stuff comes out of it. Edge and Matt Hardy back in the day comes to mind, right? There was some legit heat there. But yeah. you know, Matt Hardy wasn't buying a ticket and running out of the stands to attack Edge, Legit, right. right? Right. I mean, right. you know. So, but, but everybody knew there was heat, so it gave it that sort of is this real or not real? Like yes. you know, and that's and I think that's what we've got here. Um, I think there's definitely heat. Punk, to, to, to Kevin's point, has certainly rubbed a number of people the wrong way over the years, and you know, he big times. He's clearly big timing you know, the guys who didn't do WWE work, right? Like (laughs) the page, like you said, I know what it's like to get a million, you know, the first million house draw, you know, like like that kind of stuff. It's, it's, he's big timing there. And now do you believe punk might legit do that? Sure. Right. Well, no, because are you really going to sit next to the the owner of the company though? and run down every other big name other than MJF and Jericho on the roster.
0: Right. Yeah. And
3: the, Sting. I guess he didn't call out Sting. He
0: didn't, yeah. No, he like, he had nice things to say about Adam Cole as well. Um, uh, so that was about who, who again,
3: it. But, who again, what? Worked at WWE. Is right. that like they haven't done that to, you know, right well, right
0: that's the other thing is I can't remember who said this, but somebody said something about how they really wanted to know what Kevin Nash was going to have to say about all this on his podcast, because as far as they're concerned, CM Punk just started what to do what they had wanted to do, but never got to do in WCW, which is basically organically create, like they said, this division between the, you know, these two sides of the company and and who's going to win out, right? You know, who's going to get to keep their job basically. Um, now Let's flip it around. It's a shoot. If it's a shoot, like I have very, very mixed feelings about the way that it went down. Because everybody knows that punk is an arrogant prick, right? Like we've we've pretty much all had that same, you know, we we've 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 seen that. Uh and I've never met the guy, but right.
1: For every account, yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so he goes out there and he says all this stuff. Now, if you're people that have known him for like you know, 15 years or whatever, like Matt and Nick Jackson have, uh, and are friendly with him, you know, friendly enough to like text him when you're getting ready to do all in and say like, Hey, you know, do you want to come back and make some money with us or whatever? Like, you know, you, you know, this about him, right? Uh, And you're an executive vice president of, of, of a multimillion dollar company at the same time. You don't storm into somebody's dressing room, yelling and screaming at them when it's like you know a three on one or three on two situation like that's it if i'm if i'm the boss and i do that like the optics of that would be so awful right
4: mm-hmm. now at the
3: same time that it happened it didn't happen in his dressing room that they ran into each other you know somewhere in backstage area like there's
0: The other thing, the other kicker that gets me is that it's being reported as having been like a five or six minute fight. And I'm just sort of like, have you ever seen a five or six minute fight? Like it would have taken (laughs) Punk like, you know what, like three seconds to throw a few punches and drop Matt Jackson. It would have taken another like 20 seconds for the Ace Steel Kenny Omega stuff. Like, I mean, he he didn't fight
3: long or often, but he (laughs) did train to fight in UFC, right? right. I mean, so
0: those.
2: No,
0: no. Yeah. So anyway, whatever it is, it's again, there's a lot of interest. Uh it, It's it's one of those things I told Todd at a text message. It makes me a little uncomfortable, honestly, in a way like intellectually. I can wrap my head around it either way if it's a work or a shoot. But like on this weird emotional level, it, it, it's kind of unsettling. And if <laughs> if it ends up being a work and they pull this off and it's awesome, all I can think is. How brilliant, how brilliant that they brought something like that back into wrestling, because the only other times when I have felt that way about professional wrestling have to do with a bloodletting, quite frankly, something uncomfortable and awkward that goes wrong in the ring or, you know what I mean? Like, not about a storyline like this. And so if they play it off right, like, it'll be brilliant. It'll make them, you know, another million dollars and, you know, Punk can retire peacefully and that'll be that, right?
2: Like, you know. We'll see what happens. Well, if it is a shoot, I got a solution to it. Okay. Tony Khan can just give Mike Molesky a phone call and give him a job.
4: Because <laughs>
2: Mike Molesky, there's nobody better at muzzling people.
4: <laughs>
2: i mean if it's a
0: shoot i think that the, the truth of the matter is, is that there's every likelihood that the consequences involved here are going to involve somebody losing their job uh or multiple people losing their job i mean i think that i i i there's also a part of me that thinks even if it's a shoot maybe that doesn't happen right like how can they it, work it if, if well it exactly isn't, if they right work it yes it's, exactly
3: it's it's like, like, nobody's it, it, gonna leave millions of dollars on the tape
1: no Ace Steel could easily be the fall guy here based on all the stuff you show. Like, he had know, maybe was already set up to just be a short term thing, but it's like, oh no, this is, he's fired because of this. And, and it's like, okay, if, if, it,
3: if it's a shoot, Ace Steel's gone, right? Oh, sure, yeah, because he, he, that's always the person who takes the fall, right? Sure. I mean. He, he,
0: the other thing is, too, is it's like it's also being reported that like we're we're going to get out of this in just a second, but it's also being reported that apparently Kenny Omega and CM Punk like, you know, stayed up into the wee hours trying to hash everything out, but couldn't come to like, you know, any sort of agreement or whatever. And I'm just like. If this guy's best friend just bit me and pulled my hair and threw a chair that almost, you know, destroyed the face of one of my best friends. And I'm he not knocked sit out here. my other best friend. Yeah, and he knocked out, you knocked out my other best friend. I'm not going to sit here and have a powwow with you. It's it, The reporting's all over the map. And we, and we know with CM <laughs> Punk, there's no substances involved to <laughs> right, convince exactly. him to do that. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Nobody's like, hey, just, you know, why don't you guys sit down together, have a couple drinks and hash it out. Anyway, it's, it's wild. It's crazy. It, it, it It's, uh, you know, is this, if it's a work, is this, you know, is this what like Brian Pillman would have done? Right. You know what I mean? Like if this is a work, is this, you know, and that's the other thing too, that people forget is like CM Punk sat under the learning tree with Paul Heyman. He learned TV. He learned how to write TV from Paul Heyman. He like, this is something that Paul Heyman like is sitting at home right now, you know, and just hoping that it's a work because it would be genius. It's uncomfortable and weird right now, and I don't know what to think, and I don't know if I like it. But again, you pull it off, and it's and its genius. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. We're, we're, you Floyd know.
3: Mayweather is sitting somewhere in Las Vegas smiling at this right
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well... All of that said, uh, we're, we're always interested to know your thoughts and, and your takes. Uh, I, I think that most of the takes that are out there right now are pretty bad, and I'm sure that our community can come up with some good ones, so I'd love to hear what what everybody else's thoughts are. Um, but uh, we have a, a main event, of course. We mentioned our earlier our special guest, uh, Mr. Kevin Butcher, is here with us and uh, super excited to finally do this. He's been on the show before, of course, but we're going to do a Promoter Spotlight. And uh, we'll kick things off, I think, in, in just a, a little bit of a different way here um, because we've spoken to you before. We've asked you the, the standard kind of like, how did you get into the game? You know, all that sort of stuff. Uh, something that, that I, I was wondering kind of in the lead up to doing this, when did you know, because you're, you're obviously very passionate about the game and it is obviously something that's very important to you. In your experience... You know, you get the game, you're playing the game, you're enjoying the game. When did it become clear to you that this was going to be something a little bit more than just something you did on a you know Saturday afternoon or whatever? You know, when did it become important
2: to you? That's a good question. I would have to say 1992, Galacticon 3, my first one, when I was with fellow promoters. And I, I thought, I am not the only geek out there. <laughs> and I, and it has become a family, but yeah, probably back then. That's awesome.
0: That's, That's super a- cool. Uh, so your first Galacticon um, at, at that point, like, how did you hear about Galacticon three?
2: I was a subscriber to Super Report, Mark Ashby's Super Report, and the I haven't they haven't got to my issue yet on the other podcast, but. I'm coming up joining sometime and I joined that promoter fantasy league. And they're like, what do you want your name to be? And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, Tim Dalton's the heel. And I'm like, all right, I'll be the predator, Kevin Butcher. <laughs> so that, that was my character name in that fantasy wrestling federation. So ever since then, everything I've ever done has been predator promotions. Nice. And that's
0: Um, so as, as far as being a subscriber to the super report and, you know, how did you, uh, not necessarily get into the game, but once you're, you're playing the game, um, how did you find out about all of these things and, and, and what prompted you to kind of make the decision to say like, yeah, I'm going to subscribe to that. Yeah. I want to know more. I want to, you know, go
2: beyond just ordering a set. That is a fantastic question. I don't remember. (laughs) <laughs> I don't. Re- I really. I know Tom would send out postcards with you know pictures of him and Chuck Carter drawn on the front, and I don't know if it was in a game flyer that had an ad for the Super Report, but I really don't remember. Tell you the truth, but I'm thinking that has to be the way.
0: Nice. I, yeah, you know, it's funny that, that, that would have been before, uh, my time in the game. Cause you know, I didn't come to the game until 1994. Um, so, you know, talk about some of the early days of, of playing the game for you and were you strictly by the book or were you already starting to kind of, you know, create or, you know,
2: do, do some different things, um, with your fed straight out of the gate. I was just strictly by the book. We just, me and a buddy of mine, We've played it together and we played it for ever. (laughs) And then eventually I just said, you know what? He liked it kind of more than I did at that point in time back in 87. I said, all right, Don, you go ahead and take the game. And I kind of fell out of it until, uh, what was it? Invasion came out, Iron Man. And I was like, wow, this game's still going on. And I was like, I'm going to get back into this. And then that's when I found out about the first 500 sets. And I was like, <laughs> I was like Don, do you still have that game? And he goes, yeah, I got it up in a box in my garage. He goes, I haven't. I said, let me see it. <laughs> I said, do you still want this? And he said, no. And he said, you can have it. And it was one of the first original 500 sets. <laughs> <so>.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Um, at, at what point, because, it, you know, I mean, obviously, you, your creations have become an uh, you know, important aspect of the game, quite frankly, through, through FTR and, and, and bootlegs and everything. But when did you uh, first create a character?
2: First create a character? Well, I never had the thought until I seen other people's. Like uh, the NGO, I missed out on Akuma because Akuma was, I got him later, but I don't have the original but the early two thousands started making a few guys. Sam Lubtech recently showed me, and it probably has to be one of my first ones. I made a uh, a trans evolved mutant, <laughs> and he, so. But after that, yeah, we just kind of. I worked a lot with Sam on his stuff. And nah, what was my first one?
1: The trans evolved. I uh, mean, really, he sounds like he could uh, team up with the stack creeper. Power, power, power! Sorry, power creeper, power creeper. Yep.
0: Um. So after after creating character, um, did you did you know that that was something that you wanted to do more of? And did you ever kind of hope and be like, hey, you know, I wonder if there's a chance that I can get a character in the game or, or, you know, something like that. Cause I, you know, for me personally, I know during the early days kind of, 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 creating bootlegs, the thought was for the most part that I would be the only one that would ever use them, you know? Cause I, I, again, I right. hadn't gone to the cons. I wasn't really, uh, you know, in contact with people. And then through the message boards and the Yahoo groups, uh, rather, uh, that was when I started to kind of finally like exchange some, some characters with people and, 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 and get other characters in return. But there was never this thought, um, that we were going to have a character like in the game. Although funny enough, you, you, you know, varsity was one of those characters that was introduced in that GWF hardcore group. And that of course he ends up having to card the game. So I'm curious, you know, was, was it ever a thought that that would be like a goal or something that you wanted or you thought might happen? Or did it just seem again, that it was more for you in the community than it was for, you know, the, the actual game.
2: I don't think I ever had delusions of grandeur, but cause like I said, I remember Sam Luptek's guy's uh, Comedy and Tragedy long before they made it into the game.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And he submitted them in the Create a Character contest and he won and they actually got to be in the GWF. I was like, how cool is that? And I was like, but I never had delusions that I would ever have a guy in the, sit, in the GWF for FDR. And when they had the FDR contest, the very first one, Rob told me he's like you ought to submit a guy. I was like, <laughs> well, I've had a guy in mind forever, but I don't really have a name for it. It's just generic because he is just a disciple of Comrade Terror. He's just, and he said, "Oh, I like that." And I said, "So I submitted it." And I remember I was on second shift back at that time, and Rob texted me and said, "Dude, you won." I said, <laughs> "I said what?" He said, "Yeah." He said, "Tom loved your guy. He loved how it was a throwback to the old GWF." And I was blown away. I was like, "Wow!"
1: Yeah, that was a for the record. That
2: was
3: totally blind. Tom had no idea it was your creation. Like everything went to him with no names on it. So that was just legit. He
2: loved it. Yeah. That was crazy,
0: yeah, that's awesome i mean i i am i love disciple of terror as well. I'm a bum that he's no longer an f t r but ah well, um <laughs> so uh <laughs> he'd be
1: dominating a star all over the place you know? yes he was <laughs> um
0: so uh, going to galacticon um galacticon three being your first uh how many of you attended since then?
2: you know what? It's funny you said that because your podcast was a fantastic tool. Those two you did recapping all the Galacticons, Mm -hmm. there was some that I had forgotten. And when they were talking, you guys were talking about them. I was like, oh my God, I was at that one. (laughs) Then I was like, wait a minute, I was at that one. But it started out, I went, I was in 92. Then I went again in 94. Then I went again in 96. It seemed like I was only making the odd Galacticons even number years. (laughs) So, 96, I hit a streak, though. I went from 96 clear to 2002 in a row. And I don't know, because Todd said his was, first was 01. I don't know if he remembers. April. Todd was no, 2000, 2000. I was 01. Yeah. Do you guys remember Yeah,
1: yeah. My, actually, the, mine was Galacticon 10, I think, whatever that 99 was my first one. 99 but, was your first
2: That's okay. right. Okay. Do you guys remember April? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Because she went to all those with me from 96 to uh, 01. Mm -hmm. And 97 is when we had the NGO takeover. We had that picture taken in Tom's backyard.
3: Well, there were all those other women who were
2: there. It's hard to put a name with a face. (laughs) 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 Yeah, there was a lot of women there. Well most
1: the last name Philsinger. So.
2: <laughs> right. Oh, dude, was such a hope of mine. I was hoping that Matthew would marry Dana. <laughs> so so I could be in the Philsinger family. <laughs> but sadly that didn't pan out.
0: Well, you know, as you put it earlier though, it is it is a family and uh It is you know, who were some of the first people that you became close to within the community?
2: you don't Ashby. necessarily have to be around, you know, now. I'm just curious. The first person I ever talked to on the telephone, even before, was Tim Dalton. I would talk to Tim. Tim would talk to me for hours. And I, I remember telling him, man, you are crazy over this Japanese wrestling, aren't you? I was <laughs> <laughs> like, and then once I saw it, I was like hooked but in Galacticon 3 Mike Delve Ketty, I think his name was Ketty at the time and Rob Nadon his buddy they took me under their wing my first Galacticon and basically you know showed me the ropes and but pretty much all the guys over there Chad, Corey well not Corey yet Tim, not Stu Dave Schaefer Sam Lutech. Uh Who else was some of the earth? That's probably it. But yeah, Dave Schaefer. That's one guy I would still like to talk to. Mike says he still talks to him. Mike, is that true? But
1: D- different Mike.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> we, have two, we have a lot of Mikes and Kevins around. So. Yeah, what
2: are you going to do? Um,
0: no, that's but. cool. I, I, you know, I think that the relationship, one of the things that I'm certainly learning is that the relationships, uh, you know, some of the most gratifying aspects of the community in the, in the game, you know, that, that kind of brings us together ends up being almost secondary to the friendships that we form, which is really, really cool. This is one of the reasons why I wanted to ask is, you know, obviously you're someone who's been around a long time and that's another testament to the community in the game is that there are a lot of people that have been around a long time. Right. Um, and, uh, and it's always nice to see the names that pop up that obviously you re- recognize that are still involved and, you know, and, the, and then we still get to get, get, to get together and, and, and see one another. Um, so let's go, let's go with some of the standard questions here because I am curious, and, and I apologize if I've asked you this before, but I just don't recall. Oh, you
2: were going to say something? Well, I just never answered your question. I just started going through the ones that I've been to. But I have been to 17 Galacticons, 16 in person, the 17th being 2020.
0: Right, right. Nice. But, but also,
2: we won the cup. Oh <laughs> six was an important year. Mike might remember this. In 2005, we moved to Denver, Colorado. So that I missed, but we came home in oh six, And just on a whim, me and Matt's like, man, Galacticons this weekend. Do you want to go? He's like, sure. He's like, you got a hotel? And I was like, no, but I'm sure we could get one. Well, People don't understand that Jamestown, New York is right next to Lake Chautauqua, which is a very popular summer destination. We couldn't, get, we couldn't get a hotel anywhere. And the fabulous Molesky brothers, Mike and Kevin, let us crash in their hotel room in the Sheldon house that year. Or we'd have probably been sleeping in our car. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I, I do.
3: I, I have to admit, I have woken up and seen a butcher. <laughs>
0: true story
2: but that is also the year when Monolith I'm pretty sure that's the year Monolith came out but it was at the college I beat Monolith three times that, at that, in that at con, I beat him with Dr. Death Steve Williams, wow. I beat him with Nick Bockwinkle and then I beat him with Thunder Nice. and I made Tom he hated doing it I made Tom sign my Dark Menace book he wrote, he wrote to the monolith, to the monolith killer, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, Mike, any,
0: any questions you got for, for butcher?
3: Oh, I don't know. I learned a lot that night in 06. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think, um, well, it's funny. You, I guess you started, was Super Report that you started with, was that your first connection to the community?
2: Yep. Um, and Because in 92... You, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say because in 92, my first Galacticon 3, that was when uh, the GWF promoter came out. And we found okay. out the Super Report was dead because we're all like, what's this? Well, I mean... It was still Mark doing most of the work, but you know,
3: right? It it, it, it didn't uh, it, it didn't change that much um, in terms of content. I think it got probably a little bit more production value out of, <laughs> but but it was it was it was still the same uh, team, if you will. Um, and then you, you said you talked a lot with Dalton on the phone. Yeah. Uh, wh- when did you become like? When would you say you and Chad became like friends? Because I know he's another guy you've known a lot you know what
2: i would put probably chad and Corey because Corey was there then too and tim before that but 1996 the infamous first year i took april because i had been to two before that and i'm like jamestown is so nice holiday in or comfort in blah blah couldn't get a hotel so i booked a room at the hillside hotel motel and that's the infamous hillside strangler. When we got there, dude, bugs in the lamps. And, I mean, April was dying laughing. I was I was embarrassed. um, But she made the best of it. And I wasn't going to tell anybody we stayed there. We got up the next morning. and We walked out our door. And down here comes Rob Bobian and his girl at that time walked out. I'm like, holy crap, Rob stayed here. And then another door opened. And here come Tim, Chad, and Corey. I'm like, oh, you guys stayed here too. And you're like, yeah, you guys survived? <laughs> yep. You know, so that was there were, probably... There were a few special places to stay in Jamestown. Yeah, there were a <laughs> few places not to stay.
1: the <laughs> how I started going. Uh, I don't think anybody was still staying there. I think everybody moved up to the... the word River, had gotten there. out. Or Motel 6 or whatever it was at that point. Yes, yes. The Red was Roof you guys, Inn, Motel 6,
2: yeah. Was you? It all blends together. Was you guys there... Year Rob lost his entire collection out of the back of his Jeep.
1: I was not heard about it, but no, heard I
2: about, not about it. I was not oh, there that oh. year. You, we got fond memories of the, but Jamestown is a pretty sketchy place, <laughs> and it's really dark. We were walking the dark streets of Jamestown looking for Rob's GW collection, and yeah. we didn't find it.
1: Uh, Luckily, but somebody did turn it in. Yeah, like a week but, later or so later.
2: All did pitch in though and bought him all his stuff back.
1: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Well, it's like you said. That th- that's the nice thing about this community. Is it's tight, you know. And, and something happens to somebody, and we've well, I mean, and it's and it's not just all like bad things, you know. that The community's tight over. If you look at, you know, I mean, we've got Godfathers that have come out of this game, right? You know, oh yeah. You know, we have. Uh, I mean, even what happened with TNT, right? I mean, really if not for you know tim and chad starting to go to that and chad becoming so heavily involved in it i think that's part of the reason why everybody's so into it yes we all love wrestling yes we all love the history and yes it's a great mission but the fact that one of our friends is involved with the hall i think inspired a lot of people to be generous with it so i I think that's that's a neat part of the community that you've gotten to see actually longer than anybody else here on this podcast um so it's uh um, at least first hand you know I mean I think you know we've all uh, been involved for a long time but I think you you've got to see the I guess experience Galacticon and the first hand stuff um, before I did anyway
2: then one other thing that we crashed you guys let us crash in your room in 06 mm-hmm. I was back we was in I was in Colorado in 07 we didn't come home I moved back July 4th of 08 and we me and Matt Cause Matt was going into the Navy that fall, I said we need to go to Galacticon before it, So, me and Matt came up to Galacticon. It was at the college, and both of us won spots in uh, GWFC three that year. So that was really cool. Nice. The last, uh, last one of that. The last promoter man us there. And then the one I had forgot about. If Mike Delve can count the galacticon that he made just sunday i can count at 09 I, you might remember Todd if i jog your memory but we, that friday night is when you we were all at tom's house in his garage you yes. remember that yeah me bill and me and my oldest son trent and his buddy bill drove up with no plans i said we're going to just drive up i'm going to get the game and we're going to come home cuz it's like a 3 hour drive up we played basket we played a horse with tom filsinger for like three hours in his driveway <laughs> and then i said oh man we gotta get going and you sold me my gwf set but you said the legends i'm not selling till tomorrow i'm like God, we're going back home and i remember you going to your trunk of your car and getting the rob van Dam black and white card and stuff out of your trunk for me and you sold it to me early because I was going back home. Yeah, he's was like, oh, you're really going home? Okay, then there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then 2011, or 10, I didn't make it to Galacticon. 11, I didn't make it to Galacticon. But I did go to Gen Con that year. And I helped Tom run his booth. I sold 35 sets. And, and Tom said, just watch it you play people. He said, your passion is so infectious. He says, I think some people didn't even want to buy the game, but you sold it to him just because you had so much fun playing it. And I'm like, yeah, okay.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I didn't go to Galacticon in 12. I didn't go in 13. And I went in 14. That was the last year at the Sheldon house. Right, and I don't know if you, yeah. me and TK got in that bidding war over that gladiator art, uh, Aether and Overmaster, Paralyze and Rush, yes. all on one piece. Yep, yep. And considering what stuff is going for today, I let TK have it for 110 Ooh, I yeah.
1: Still...
2: yeah. When things went, yeah, like, Ooh. oh, man, it a yep. $100? $100? No. Yeah. Well, <laughs> was, was gonna...
3: It was a big big bidding war at that point if it went over 100
2: right. I thought I was going to step on it quick because – they said, "Okay, let's open this bid at ten dollars." You guys opened that bid at ten dollars. Mike Mike Dell says twenty. I said fifty. There,
4: and
2: then cakes <laughs> bid in. I, we went to a hundred, and then he went to one ten. I let him have it. Yeah. I, was like, oh. Oh,
1: man. <laughs> well, I remember we were saw one of the was the one of the first Galacticons where we had an auction, I think it was Galacticon ten or two thousand somewhere that we we're going through some old promoters and I just saw like you know some Chuck Carter original art that went for like thirty-five dollars or something like that. That was the big that was the big seller was was yep. that one. It's like holy cow. We have you know uh, you know whatever random you know, con giveaway card going for more than that now.
3: It's it's right, pretty wild. Right. Danto's original art, just give it away.
1: Danto,
2: know, yeah. man. <laughs> no, we don't know where that is. Yeah. Well, I don't know if any of you have watched their uh YouTube yet, but Mike and Brock, Mike was talking about some original art that he got for five and ten dollars back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Jeez. Oh, Amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. There's not much of it left. I got my little box there. I have enough for the next two galacticons
2: after that. But then, I don't know. <laughs> 15 and 16, I didn't make it. 17 was the last time it was there, period, right?
1: Yeah, the 17. And, we were in the in college, the time,
2: yeah. at the college. Yep. yep. And, and you
1: won the cup that year.
2: I wasn't even planning on going, but they knew it was that weekend. And my mom and her friend was taking Ben, who you've met <laughs> yep. when he was younger, to Niagara Falls. And they're like, if you're interested in going, we'll drop you at a, you can stay at a hotel. And we're going to go on up to Niagara Falls. And I said, fantastic. I said, I'll go. I booked a room, but I couldn't get around anyway. So Rob and Brett like drove me around everywhere. But they were coming back Sunday and they called me and they said, you know, we're almost to Jamestown. Are you ready? And I'm thinking to myself, I'm in the cup. (laughs) But, you know, if you, you want to go, I even got Zeke to be my proxy. I said, Zeke, you can have my spot in the cup. And then I was talking more to my mom, they're like, Well, we're gonna go take Ben and show him this and that. And I said, so I can play in the cup? <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 so I I played it in the cup, and in the I know who I beat in the finals. I beat uh Jared Smoke's son. Yes. He was playing Brian Danielson. hmm mm-hmm. and, and I remember you guys poo-pooing on who I took in 2020. But in the semifinals, I beat Jack Tarrakis, who was playing Destructon 3000.
1: Yeah, mm. I remember Jack had Eight. one of the picks. Yeah, he did, yeah.
2: Because he was picked several times and never won it until. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then two of the closest Galacticons to me, I didn't go to. I live in Columbus, and I didn't go to Cleveland, and I didn't go to Pittsburgh. Huh. But to me, I was looking, I'm like, man, this Cleveland thing, it just don't sound like Galacticons it just sounds like WrestleFest with maybe I'm, I'm old. I'm like Tim, I'm cynical. So I didn't go. I'm like, it's not in Jamestown. I'm boycotting it.
3: <laughs> I had a better excuse. My wife was having a
2: baby. So I well, didn't go
3: to that one, but
2: that, that's you know. a very good excuse, sir. <laughs>
3: that was.
2: Well, Todd,
3: and then, I remember Todd telling me, Oh, we're going to do it this weekend. And we, we weren't telling it anybody that she was pregnant yet. And I'm like, I don't know. It might be busy. You got soccer season coming around. Todd's like, no, it'll be fine. You'll be able to come.
2: No, maybe not. So then in 2020, we all know how it went down. Me and Rob's talking and me and some other people are we're like virtual con. How in the world is this thing going to work? <laughs> you know, and you guys had a few test runs before and I'm like, this seems pretty cool. I can get on there and just Zoom with some friends. But I didn't sign up for any tournaments. No. I thought, I don't know how this is going to work, so I, I ain't even bothering with tournaments. <laughs> and then as the day progressed... Well, you Todd, did say
3: you were hanging out with Rob,
2: right? Well, yeah. Well, I wasn't <laughs> Rob wasn't hanging out with...
3: Rob, you could, Rob will admit he was a total skeptic
2: on how the tournaments would work. Well, so was I. And, but Todd's like, we got a, an open spot in the Canada Cup which I had never won in all my <laughs> 17 Galacticons. And I said, hey, Todd, I'll pay you the money for the spot. And he goes, okay. And I swear to goodness, I thought he said, you have a Johnny Valiant. And I said, okay, I'm out of this quick. And then when I got in the room, I'm like, oh, I got Johnny Valentine. <laughs> Dude, I walked through the Canada Cup. Yeah. I won the I won the Canada Cup, got the first pick. I tried to pick Pegasus from Kronos and they said no. They poo-pooed that. They said I said, wait a minute. Other people's picked alternate versions, Chaos, Chaos, Supreme. And they're like, no, he's too much. I tried another couple guys and I said, All right, screw it. Give me Destructon 3000. And I won it. Wow. I didn't I didn't sign up for any tournaments. Got into one at the last minute, won it with Johnny Valentine, and then Won the cup again with the on 3000.
3: So, so for anyone at home looking to blame, it's Todd's fault.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, it is.
1: I'm usually to to blame for most of the the happenings going on. Yeah,
2: yeah. Then, then 21 was Phoenixville, home mm-hmm. of the Blob. <laughs> True you know story. What? I it was really
1: Blobfest that weekend too, but it was virtual. Virtual is so virtual
2: Blobfest that weekend. Yes. I, Dude, when you said a uh, bar the restaurant again, my cynical self I'm like, oh great. But dude, that was it was a fantastic location. Yeah, it was a nice setup. The yeah. one the one gripe and that's you guys have to agree is parking? The, par- parking. the parking in Park, Phoenixville. Yeah. yeah,
1: there's a oh, yeah. parking lot right there, but right. you couldn't get to it. It's yeah, like, well, it was because of
3: COVID, <laughs> they shut down the streets to do the the, the uh the open air stuff so people could walk in the streets,
4: yeah
3: that was it, and they used to do first Fridays that they would do that in yeah. phoenixville but but during covid they the whole summer
2: every friday that mm-hmm.
3: Saturday night they shut it down
2: yeah and that mm-hmm. was the first year that uh he he plays, but he hasn't actually participated at a Galacticon yet. Ben came, so the butchers became the first three generation family at Galacticon that actually plays the game. Yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. M- me, yeah. Matt and Benjamin. And then this year, w- I wasn't thinking about going and Matt, Matthew's the one that's proud of me a lot. He's like, dad, I'm like, dude, do you really want to go to Chicago and get shot? <laughs> <laughs> uh... And he's like, you're a nut. I was like, all right, <laughs> buddy. So we, we loaded up and we came to Chicago and- We're like, I saw on the board where Zeke said, Oh, I looked in the Michigan room and it's really small. And I'm like, oh man. Yeah, I saw that
3: go up on the board. I was like, I know I knew two people who were immediately gonna be like ready to fight.
2: And and you (laughs) were one of them. You know what? It was a group the hotel wasn't five star, and but like Todd said, if he could have got a better one, but he had had to charge a lot more for Galacticon.
1: Yeah, so it's just with, a matter of finding, yeah, it's a matter of finding the sweet spot between, you know, the price and the accommodation. But with You're just getting
3: something right, you you have a parking issue or you have, you know, something with this or something with that. There's always going to be like we if you if everybody doesn't mind spending 100 dollars admission, we'll probably be cool, right? But Right. most people aren't looking to spend 100 dollars to right. get into Galacticon,
2: so the restaurant was fantastic. Yeah. The food there was, you know, it's a running joke now and I, it's forever in Galacticon lore, the taco bar. I mean,
4: yes.
3: 24 <laughs> hour taco. <laughs> bar. Taco oh bar. <laughs>
2: man. And you know what? I seen him Friday night and I had just, I don't know. I don't, I ain't going to drop names. I ain't going to say anything, but I was like, this guy don't like me. I don't like him. But mm. then I thought, and I'm thinking that's stupid, Kevin. So I just went up and I said, Hey, Sam, I said, dude, what's your problem with me? And he, Sam's like, I ain't got no problem with you. And so we started talking, and I was like, sometimes on the podcast and other times, uh, I thought it was kind of like backhanded. My name was never said, but I, I don't know. There was some other prodding going on there, too. That, but I'm glad I went up and talked to him because Sam is an amazing, nice guy, and well, I'm no CM Punk, but I try. <laughs> <You> <laughs> it's that Chicago aura you
1: give off. That but
4: right, you that see, right. that's yeah. the
2: thing. I could have just sat there and thought, this guy doesn't like me, so I'm not going to like him. And Yeah. But I thought, heck with that. Let's, if there is an issue, let's squash it and talk about it. And,
0: I, it's but nah, I just, it.
3: You just don't like Sam. It's just you, you, know. you, you let him know that. <laughs> it's good. It's all good.
0: No, it's. Uh, I, I said this on the podcast uh, when we did our, our, you know. No, I heard it. I really show. appreciated it's, it. Yeah, I thought it was very cool, and I and I thought that you know doing something like that takes a uh, courage and class, and it was nice, and 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 I loved uh, you know getting to sit down and talk with you, and then Matthew came over and talking with him, and just like you know, and that's the thing too is is, is that we talked about the game, but as I was mentioning earlier, sometimes the, the the friendships and relationships you forge, it's the conversations you have about just life, you know, just being a human being that end up meaning a heck of a lot more, um, than, than all the, the great conversations we have about the game. Um, which actually, you know, leads me to something else that I wanted to ask you. Uh, you know, one of the things that we talked about at Galacticon were homebrew rules, um, you know, or house rules. But the, the thing is is that a lot of the stuff that you were talking about, like, and it was even put on the boards later, you know, they're the type of house rules that you almost think like, man, you know, if the game rules had had like a second edition or a third edition, like, you know, like D&D or something like that, and not just been pretty much the same rule set that we've had since day one, with, with a few changes here and there, uh, this is the type of stuff that I think would have to have been serious consideration for, you know, if not the rules, the, you know, in the advanced rule section. So I'm curious, like at what point, um, you know, did you start kind of using house rules? Do you remember what the first house rule was that you, that you used? Um, and kind of where is your stance on, uh, you know, certain aspects of, of the house rules that you use now, as far as incorporating them into the game proper?
2: The very first house rule that I remember using was, Rolled I mean it's standard now. It's but was rolled DQs twice. Because hmm. I I hated how many matches were coming out DQs. And I'm like, so and I think that came from Galacticon. So much has been stole from Mike Delve. Stole? Yeah, that's not, <laughs> not not stole, but stole. Uh I'm pretty sure that came from him. And uh I was like, Yeah, I like that. And I took it and ran with it. But to be perfectly honest. A lot of the other house rules are Matthew Butcher's. His mind is constantly working with this game. And when he, when he first told me about his power and agility, when, I was like, you're complicating it. And he's like, no, you, no, I'm not. Listen. And I kind of tuned him out. And then when I finally listened to him, I'm like, that makes perfect sense, dude. I'm like, just because I'm a negative one and you're a negative two don't mean that my move should fail every time versus you. Or your, and vice versa, your move shouldn't work every time over me. It's only one more dice roll in the game once you know the, and I thought that was brilliant. So I use that now. Yeah.
0: Do you want to, just just in case, I think, I I think most people probably are are aware of it or have heard about it before, but do you want to explain the, the power and agility rule that you're talking about?
2: Well, you know what? You try to think you're original and Pariah pointed it out on the board that, uh, this was talked about over here at this certain time. And I'm like, yeah, but Matt told me about it. I'm just now saying it, but he (laughs) takes a base number of seven and whatever your difference is, holy smoke. Well, I hope I'm not forgetting it's messing this up. But if you're a negative one and I'm a negative two, that is a difference of one, you know, or is that a difference of two? That's a difference of two. (laughs)
1: So but you negative, take a base. Negative one and negative two is a difference of
2: one. So yeah, yeah you, I was thinking add of add pl- the, yeah. plus. So it's a difference of one. So your base is seven. So you take that difference, uh, and you subtract it. So you need to roll a six or less. And if you do, that power move works or that agility move works.
1: Yeah. So in your so, so if, you, if, if you're better than the other person, you have so, a little bit more better chance of hitting it if you're worse. So if
2: you're a plus one and I'm a minus one, that's a difference of two. So you would have to roll a five or better, or a five, yeah, a five or lower for it to work.
0: I, I yeah, and and honestly, as you guys were explaining it to me, I loved it, and I haven't had a chance to use it to be completely honest with you because I, I think anytime you kind of introduce a new rule, like it takes a little getting used to, um, mm-hmm. and and also just you know remembering to always do it. But that said, it is That's it, it is part. pretty easy, right? <laughs> um, it, it you know it is pretty easy to do, and when you think of it in the context of some of the chart roles and and, and, and that sort of stuff that have to happen, y- you're really not adding that much you know more into it at all and i and, and and i think one of the things that always kind of got to me um about the the rule as it stands is that basically rendered moves on a card useless during a match they were never going to hit that move and i always thought to myself well I, you know, I want that move at my disposal just for my imagination's sake. You know, right? Uh, and so this is a cool way where, like, yeah, you know, somebody's probably going to have a, a small chance at best, but they might be able to hit that move. Um, and 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 I enjoy that. So I, I mean, I think it's a great, it, it is a great house rule. And uh, you know, it, again, it was talked about on the boards. I know after Galacticon, um, so so most people's thoughts and feelings are already out there. They know they know about it. But uh, just in case you don't, um, yeah, you should you know consider it. At the very least because i think it's a pretty cool one
4: it's your the point same, sam
3: i think to, to use the stratomatic baseball model you know they have the basic the advanced and then the super advanced rules yeah and and you, you almost you could almost throw this into like the super advanced rule category right
4: right, right, right. where
3: it's for an added level of realism right you know yeah. there's a chance that this could happen
0: yeah i like that um yeah, so I I mean that was one of the things I loved, you know, when we were talking about the game uh at Galacticon. I loved hearing uh about some of the rules um and, and and house rules and stuff that you know that you had come up with or that Matthew had come up with, or thoughts and comments about that. Um are there any other house rules that you currently use?
2: I tried using champion's advantage, but I dropped that where you have to pin the champion twice. Yeah. But no, basically just that power and agility and the uh, roll DQs twice.
0: Why did you drop That's the pretty, uh, the champions advantage role?
2: I don't know, I, you, I I just didn't like it. I don't know why, yeah. but I am a proponent. I like. I don't like the title being a hot potato. Right. I like a longer reigning champion than, but. I don't know. I just thought, well, this is kind of making it a best two out of three falls match. And
0: sure, I mean, and you know, even then, it's you know, the idea that you have got to hit it twice. You know, it, 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 it's a big advantage. There's no doubt about it. And I, and I, there have been times when I've really wanted to use it, um, but I, I, I don't. Uh, and and it's, I think part of the reason is it's that the idea that. You know, as much as we're talking about the power and agility thing, not be this, but the the idea of that winning move, you know, potentially even like a finisher or something like that, uh, just taking the edge off of what because you're champ, like you know, you you need to you need to be able to earn that title every night. You know, just because you won it once doesn't mean. you need... So I think that even for a, a, a you know card and dice game, I think it, that that there's something about it that yeah, it, it never jived with me either. Uh, so I don't actually use it either, but I was just curious as to what your reasoning was for it. Um, yeah, the DQ rule, I think, is is, is kind of almost necessary uh, at some points. Otherwise, you get a card just littered with DQs. What you to say, Mike? Do you, I was going to say, do you use the choice charts, Kevin?
2: Absolutely.
0: Just, I,
3: just That's one of those that, even though it's a rule, I know there's some people who don't. I, I was pretty sure you did, but I figured it's just worth to put the out one, there for people.
2: The one thing I have changed about that then you bring it up. When I used to write in my notebook, I used to put whatever was on the choice chart for the pen. Mm. You know, he did a springboard moonsault and it might've been mutant mm. and I'm been waiting. <laughs> but what made more sense is you're using the choice chart, but still use the stated move that's on the card. Yeah, a lot of
4: people are going And I'm that. like,
2: yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. I, I use the choice chart, but I still call it, whatever the move is on the card.
1: So did you envision the moves happening as you're playing out the match, or are you just kind of rolling and more so paying attention to the levels you're going through?
2: I think I'm a lot like other people that I've seen. When I'm playing by myself, I feel I'm like robotic. Yeah.
4: Mm. But
2: dude, back in the early 2000s, when I was playing with Matthew and a few of his friends, when, how old had Matt been? 12, 11, 12? Dude, the personality that they put into the game—they brought the characters to life for me. Matthew was Steel Freak. Whenever, <laughs> whenever Steel Freak won my GWF title and held it for a year, wow! Beating, every time Matthew would win with Steel Freak, he would jump up from the table and start pounding his chest and screaming, and and I'm like, he makes this so fun. And I was like, yep. Yeah. But yeah, you, you try most of my thought is when I'm writing it down, you know, how I think the match progressed, but as I'm rolling it, it's kind of robotic.
0: Sure. Sure. That's interesting. Yeah, you know, cause yeah, for me, it's definitely kind of a, a, an imaginative exercise as much as it is a, a, a game, um, kind of just telling that story in, in my head. Um, But at the same time, I wonder what it would look like from, you know, an outside uh, observer's point of view, uh, because maybe it does look completely robotic, even as I'm doing it. Uh, I will say this, that back in the early days, like when I was first playing the game, I basically did commentary for the match, like called it like, you know, it was that was I would go hoarse by the end of the night sometimes if I was rolling out like a long card or something like that.
2: I'm serious. I'm serious.
1: Wow. Yeah. You
2: gotta you gotta live by the motto though, the dice don't lie. That's me and Rob's that there's been so many times I've rolled a match where you, you want a long-term book and you're like, all right, I'm gonna put this guy in this spot. And you roll the match and you snake eyes comes up and you just sit there yeah. and look you sit there and look at the dice. You're <laughs> like you're like, Do I pick these up and keep rolling this right, match? Right. No, and then finally I'm like, nope, that's the way this match ends.
1: Yeah, yeah. creativity is booking around that. Yeah. So, or do I put these
3: dice down? That's the other question. <laughs> <Just> ask
1: yourself. <laughs>
0: do um, I just put them down forever? Now, in those circumstances, I'm curious because I because I know I've done this before, and and uh, it's it's kind of like my dirty little secret, I guess. But like, I've gotten those snake eyes rolls right, and then I've thought to myself, well. I could have rolled on this chart. So maybe I'll just like, you know, I'll say like, oh, there's some interference. You know, there's some gang interference. If something happened or whatever, Uh, or certainly with a tag match, I'll say like, oh, gosh, I forgot I've got a pin save left because the one thing that I haven't done and I, I just started doing it again, but I hadn't done it for a very long time is that I would roll the pin saves before rolling the pin. I do, um,
2: yeah. I, I, but cheaters, cheaters. I, I, <laughs> lot, no. A lot of us old schoolers do no, that. I mean,
3: I'm kidding. I actually do that. I always roll. I make the decision on pin saves ahead of time. I don't. Yeah, y- you absolutely don't,
0: right? Um, but so, so I'm, I'm curious though. Have you ever, ha- have you ever fudged it in that way? You know, because it's like you're still, you're still taking the role as it is, but maybe you're saying like, ah, I should have, I should have consulted
2: a chart first. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I have. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of times you got to get it. I get creative with the uh, this book or the storytelling. Yeah. Like I just had a match where my big face got squashed in the mm-hmm. main event going for the title. So I had a story that he was jumped before the match. Nice. By so-and-so. He still went into the match injured and... Because otherwise, he came out of it looking weak. Right. Hmm. If you can tell a little story, that way now your face has a side feud with whoever jumped him.
3: And the dice don't
0: lie.
2: The dice do not lie. Right, right. The dice may hate you, but they don't lie.
0: (laughs) Um, Todd, anything anything for Kevin Butcher?
1: Well, since I am the Torment Master, uh, I do have to ask about... uh, uh tournaments that you have maybe run in your fed or either like as part of your fed or other things any type of thing that you maybe have kind of something unique that you've kind of done uh either as part of the fed or kind of maybe in between years or something like that
2: dude even being the tournament master you have to be a little envious of my predator cup
1: (laughs) (laughs) have you looked at it not for 50, a while. I haven't been reading. I haven't been keeping up on a lot. for Fifty-two
2: a while. years, mm-hmm. uh, fifty-two Cup champions. The the Cup name has changed over time. It was the Galaxian Cup, and then it was. Uh, I think I called it the Omega Cup for a minute, but I was like, you know what? Everything else is that. It's going to be the Predator, the Predator cup. cup.
1: Yeah.
2: But like I said, uh, I don't know if it's Brock and Mike, but over the years and notebooks. I've lost notebooks. A lot of my history is gone. But that is the one lineage that is totally complete that I still have.
4: Mm.
2: From 2087 to 2138 is my tag team tournament.
4: Okay.
2: And that was, of course, inspired by the – I was a big Jim crockett or the ben Crockett Cup. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Well, I got to say, 12 years from now, you got to do an all-time – uh, tournament with all the sixty four winners as part of it. I <laughs> wow. think that that is that is needed.
2: The most cups are Rack and Ruin. They have they won six. Okay. Nice individually though. Overmaster or not overmaster. Overkill had has won eight. He won three with Thunder and he won three with Malice. <laughs> yeah. uh, the original Gladiators they won five. Uh, is there anybody else with five? I think the team that just kept Castelix, Castelix is so good, but they just keep getting C blocked in the Predator Cup. By, uh, <laughs> Shane, uh, Shane and uh, Sly Drury won it four times. Oh, know. wow. And I'm like, finally, that's, you know.
1: That's a big team, though. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: By the way, I appreciate the way you avoided the sensor block there, Kevin. That was
0: cool. I, Dude, I didn't need I didn't need a muzzle. He's already put, he's, he's already put enough money into the swear jar this week.
2: <laughs> I have as well as me. Um but you know what, I was it Sunday, I had to check the te- now if this is a swear word, I had to check the temperature in hell. Cuz I couldn't believe it. I got a message from Chad Olson that said, "Hey, we've been talking and The four of us would like you to join us and you get the draft from the leftovers. Would you be interested? And would you be interested in being on the next podcast to talk about it? I was like, absolutely. Dude, it wasn't three hours later. Maybe it was, maybe the hours might be off, but it was a few hours later. I get a, a PM on Facebook from Todd. Says, hey, would you like to be on uh roll up this Tuesday for a spotlight? And I said, absolutely, dude. I was <laughs> like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and then, and then I was like, holy smoke! And then I was like, wait a minute, I said, Todd, when does Uncharted do their? He goes, oh, they record Tuesday, and I was like, dude, they just asked me to be on. He's like, oh, and I was like, no, I don't want to lose my opportunity, <laughs> and he's like, well. Uh, something about Sam, life got in, got in the way. You dropped your last uh, podcast super late. And he said, we could do it the next Tuesday. You still want I said, absolutely. I'd love to be on.
3: So and it worked out got, well, because I wouldn't have been able to, I wasn't going to be able to make the podcast last week. And right. I wouldn't have gotten to be on with you. So
0: there
1: we go. Yeah. Serendipitous, Serendipitous. All Serendipitous. Worked out. All worked
0: out. It did and I'm glad that it did uh, You know I, I think that uh, We had to have you on at some point And we knew that we did And and the only reason it wasn't sooner is because a couple of times We said well you know we did have Kevin Just on on that tournament episode And you know maybe we should like spread the wealth or whatever But uh, the, the timing was right and, and you're practically a professional podcaster Now after the past like That's week true. and next week So I mean <laughs> no. uh, uh, But I I will done more
1: podcasts than we have in the last two weeks. So yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: that's true. Yeah, yeah. Hey, well, that's what, not true actually, because i done the, the Quantum ahead. Leap one. Yeah, that's so true. I'm still. So yeah, I'm
2: still ahead. But I don't know how. Um, I will say I, that. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just started to say. Uh, when I still before me and you talked, I was like, man, how bad can Sam be? He loves Quantum Leap. <laughs> 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 Quantum Leap was one of my favorite shows ever. Are you going to watch the new show? Oh, well, absolutely. Like we talked at okay. Galacticon, I think it would be amazing if a Sam is the bartender.
0: I know, I know, me too I, it, it, I, I, I yeah, that's been something that uh, I, I've been saying for a while now Because we used to talk about the idea of there being a reboot And I finally kind of came on down saying like, no, I, you know, I think the time has passed I'm okay with it, I don't need it, it's no big deal uh, But when we were kind of doing our what ifs, that was one of the things that I had said And then of course when the new show got announced, it was just kind of, it was it, it was a completely different Feeling, uh, uh, so it's been very exciting, and we've got we've got a lot going on over there. So, um, fate's wide wheel, ladies and gentlemen, check it out.
2: You, you see, I love. <laughs> I thought I'd love the show, and I do love the show. But when, when I was talking to you, and I was like, "You're like, what's some of your favorite episodes?" and I said, "You remember this?" and you're like, "Oh yeah, that's episode," and you threw out the episode title. I said, well, I like this one, too. And you're like, you threw out the episode title. And I'm like, I thought I liked this show. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah.
0: No, it's you know five, five years uh, of podcasting about the show. but uh, And my misspent youth staying up late and watching it on
2: USA when it was in
0: reruns. Um,
2: right. Nothing wrong with that, sir
0: no not at all gosh I would I wouldn't give for an evening to stay up late and watch reruns on USA (laughs) Um, yeah it was definitely my negligence that delayed our last episode uh, but it made this uh, even more possible which I'm really grateful for and I certainly hope that you will come back uh, and and do this again because I feel like there's just so much more that we could we could talk
2: about dude I love hanging out with you guys and talking I could do it for hours we did at Galacticon yeah we did Yeah, yeah we did um but the three uh, of us that were there i think that like
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah,
4: but,
3: but did any of them give you a hotel room kevin
2: they did not sir That's and i will point. never forget you for that
0: <laughs> but you I, you weren't at tnt so and when the three of us were there you missed out trope. Sure. Yes, true. It could
3: have been at tnt and it was <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you know what i swear i when I heard him talking, and Mike was saying, No, man, we can't have the book. It was Kevin that said, Dude, we need to let him stay here.
4: <laughs> um,
3: <laughs>
2: Mike, uh, nothing it, but it, it. It, There's a secret
3: uh, voicemail somewhere that'll come out we'll play it before you come out at galactic one year of what was actually
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh well you know what in the interest of time and not and not taking up too much of our listeners uh, uh again i just want to thank you so much for coming on kevin and joining us and, and talking about uh not only doing the promoter spotlight but everything else and hanging out with us uh, it's been it's been a pleasure and i hope we get to do it again sometime
2: it was absolutely fun i'd love to do it again
0: Awesome. Mike, you got anything left to say?
3: Just a good evening, day, afternoon to our friends on the Baltic.
0: I love it.
1: Todd? Well, uh, you know, one thing uh, next week, uh, Kevin, we might see you again uh, because we're going to have an open invite next week. Uh, The plan for roll up would be next Wednesday, September 14th. Uh, At least, uh, hopefully, that's still the plan here. Uh, If whoever's able to make it, uh, it will be the Tournament Master Birthday Bash. Uh, We'll be doing a live episode. We'll invite anybody who wants to come into the Zoom room here. uh, I think do a little bit of a watch along with AEW, and during the commercial breaks, we will... God, can do you even a tournament imagine what that master... show's going to
0: be like two weeks from now? Was that? <laughs> oh, I said, can you even, even imagine what that
1: show's going to be like two weeks oh, from man. now? <laughs> yeah, it could be, it could be some interesting stuff there. But yeah. uh, it, then, uh, in between the commercial breaks, there, well, I'm, I might see if I can do a little uh, tournament master tournament there of uh, AEW wrestlers who have Phil Singer games cards, so we can kind of decide our our favorite of that over the course of. Uh, the podcast and then the viewing there so that which, was the plan which, which moxley are you going to use oh let's see i kind of hmm. the black
2: there's and the white prime,
1: Order prime version and then there's the black and white version and then I there's think, the czw i don't know i think uh, the black and white version is the best one that's the best one that I, think, looks, I, I think that art like the is. best too i think too. yeah the I black know. and white art was really good <laughs> yeah it is
2: yeah how old is the tournament master going to be?
1: Oh, how old am I going to be here? I'm going to be 46 this year.
2: How old are so. you, Mike? Me, 48. You say it like it's a bad thing. <laughs> Saying, "Ah, uh, just it, it's a thing." You're the young, you're the youngest pup, right? I am, I'm 41. Damn. How old are you? I was born in 66, brother. Nice. I am 56. I grew, I I grew old with this game. I was like, but like like Tim Dalton, <laughs> I was I wasn't a teenager when it first came out because if I got it, in eighty six, so I was twenty. Yeah,
1: yeah. So,
2: but still, so I you could have
1: drank in that first Galacticon too if you were there. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh I, man. Yeah, well. But, uh,
0: uh, Oh, go ahead, Todd. Sorry,
1: but yeah, hopefully it'll be fun. There, we'll put the link up on the boards, and if anybody wants to come and join in, uh, we'll just I'll have you there for that. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We haven't done really a watch along like this on the podcast before, so we'll we'll see how it goes, and uh, it could be uh, out of control, and you know, or it could be it a could, lot of fun. It could we'll be like out. CM Punk's dressing room after. The- <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> it could totally be like oh, that. <laughs>
2: we. You know I might what, have my wife throwing a chair at me by
1: the end of the
2: day. <laughs> oh, Sam, I don't know if it's you or my or one of you that mentioned it earlier, but the story went totally off the rails when they said that Matt Jackson kicked the door in.
1: <laughs> Was it a super kick? I, I know. Yeah, that's the that's been the
0: that's been the joke, right? No, I know. It's it's so strange. It's so strange. Okay, so I'll say one more thing about this because I didn't say it earlier, but Being the Elite dropped today, the new episode of, of BTE. And of course there were you know all the speculation, oh my god, what's you know, BTE gonna be like? And I knew that it wasn't going to have anything to do directly with it. Yeah. But it's uh, but it's added fuel to the speculation over whether or not it's a work because if you didn't catch the nods to what happened, then you weren't paying attention. Because there were a few things that they did where it was just like... Because they like... And, and and that's the thing. I, I think it was Matt that said it. Matt actually said the words after they went into the Dark Order's dressing room. He's like, I'm sorry, we didn't mean to just burst into your dressing room like this. <laughs> and then later on, like, uh, 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 I think it was was it Nick Jackson? I think it was Nick Jackson was like eating pizza and he stuck the plate in his mouth and he was biting it like this. And it's just kind of like, ah, there's, uh, there's, there's just too much going on here, you know, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe it's just utter coincidence.
2: We, we shall say. It, anyway, definitely ha- it definitely has people talking. That is, and that is absolutely world. right. <laughs> that's, you know, that's already
3: right. worked. Yeah. It already worked there you go. people.
2: So
0: mark your calendars for September 14th, Wednesday, September 14th for uh, AEW's, no, I'm kidding, uh, for, for the Tournament Masters Birthday Bash uh, here on Roll Up. Uh, it'll be a great time, uh, and we would love to have you and, and see you for watch-along and tournaments and uh, other hijinks, I'm sure. Um also want to, of course, give a shout out to all the other content creators out there. A uh, special shout out to Chad Olson for his organizational skills. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, but the whole Uncharted Territory crew, uh, uh, I, I miss you guys. And I say that because I'm a couple episodes behind, because life has just been kind of crazy for me lately, and I haven't listened to a lot of podcasts, so I can't wait to catch up. Ken um, Dalton sells
2: t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, all that's I'll
1: That's store.com.
2: That's T-E-K-O. Go. There it is. Where
3: where your roll up t shirts are available. And you can also if there's that there's that other show, if you want to get their t shirts too, you can get that. But make sure you get a couple of ours. That's right. Yeah. It still can't do it as well as Dalton does, but you know. No, sorry. no, never. <laughs>
0: um and uh and of course, uh Lee Longpre with Dizzy Dice and uh Mike and Barack uh with their character spotlights over on the Facebook um and uh Grant with the solo promoter uh and anybody and everybody else that I am leaving out and forgetting, thank you so much for uh all of your contributions to the game and, and making this and continue to make it uh, the best community ever um where nobody's barging in dressing rooms and, and punching or throwing chairs. Allegedly. Uh, and, uh, and, and we get the chance to have awesome moments like this. we uh, having Kevin Butcher on the show and uh, hopefully we'll get to have one of you listeners on the show uh, again soon when we do our, our next promoter spotlight, uh, which will certainly get back into the, the, the rotation uh, with our other uh, segments. Um, we, we actually dropped a couple of segments cause there was just so much wrestling news to talk about. But uh, uh, next week we'll have to do a quick update with our feds uh, cause that's been fun. And I know people enjoyed hearing about that. So Uh, Thank you all so much for continuing to listen and support Roll Up and, of course, Phil Singer Games, uh, the the greatest fans in the galaxy, and I look forward to talking to you all next week. So in the meantime, take care of yourselves, take care of one another, stay safe out there, and roll responsibly.